Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. Today's topic, the curious case of William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States. Joe Armstrong, the show's producer and often co-host, is here to help me talk about a few not-so-recent developments. And Joe, welcome. Thank you for passing judgment with us on our podcast. Should we jump right in? Hi, Jessica. Yes, we should jump right in. Help me suss this out. Our Attorney General, uh, William Billy Barr, said some pretty interesting comments in the news early this week. Tell me why these are unique. First and foremost, he mixed up slavery into something he said. Yes, that's right, Joe. The Attorney General of the United States actually compares COVID restrictions to slavery in really a kind of astonishing speech that he gave just this week. And he said, you know, not since slavery have we seen this type of treatment of people. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Now, let's briefly compare and contrast. Slavery was about harming humans, about really treating humans as subhuman, as property. Restrictions, the COVID restrictions, are about trying to protect humans, about trying to promote our health and safety. And it shows you what Bill Barr's mindset is right now, which is these government restrictions, which most governors would believe, Democratic or Republican, are health and safety measures are akin to slavery. Another astonishing statement, frankly, by Bill Barr. Yeah, conflating a century or more of indentured servitude towards a a worldwide public health issue seems to be, well, it, it begs the question out of me, what happened to Bill Barr? Was he always thus? You know, this is one of the questions that I have heard on both sides of the aisle. And Attorney General Bill Barr was previously the attorney general. This is not his first rodeo. He previously served under the Bush administration. And there was, you know, certainly if you were particularly liberal or maybe even just a liberal person or progressive or a Democrat, you probably didn't support Bill Barr. But I did not hear people say there's an existential threat to the rule of law in our country or the attorney general is saying that COVID restrictions are the most severe intrusion on civil liberties, except maybe for slavery. I didn't hear people talking about the Attorney General of the United States using the Sedition Act to prosecute people who are engaging in protests. I didn't hear about the Attorney General Bill Barr at that point intervening in cases that involved the president's friends. This is just a different Bill Barr. And we've, you know, Joe, you and I have said this before. It's worth repeating. This is not about our policy view. This is not about a partisan ideology. I I hope and believe we would say exactly the same thing if it was an attorney general for a Democratic president who was, again, intervening in cases. Think about the Roger Stone case, where the Department of Justice intervened in a really unusual way. The Michael Flynn case, same thing. The Department of Justice, the appointed members of the Department of Justice are intervening to try and give favorable treatment to President Trump's friends. Compare that to the treatment of Michael Cohen, the president's former personal attorney who really turned on the president. Think about just the news 
last week dealing with the woman who um, accused President Trump of rape. If you want to, we can talk about that as well. Yeah, perhaps his ties are just a little bit too tight. It seems like this particular story from this speech by Barr, the the fingers just kind of go everywhere. The threads go everywhere, if you will allow me to mix my metaphors. Uh, One thing I also know that he touched on, he brought up the word sedition, which is a pretty loaded word, I think, to be using at that level of our government in reference to the mayor of Seattle. But uh, Barr used the word sedition, and uh, I know that the mayor fired back. How did that play into this? Yeah, so Attorney General Barr said maybe we should prosecute the protesters who turned violent. Maybe we should prosecute them. Or I'm not actually sure if he specifically said who turned violent. That's my take on it. But maybe we should prosecute them under the Sedition Act, which, as listeners may know, is actually a 1918 federal law that talks about people who are trying to overthrow the government. This is a World War I era law. And it is just remarkable. I mean, I don't have another synonym for remarkable or unprecedented. When you have, again, the nation's chief law enforcement officer saying that when it comes to protesters who are talking about uh, racial injustice, civil unrest, that maybe we should treat them as people who are trying to overthrow the government. And from my perspective, it's hard to see how that wouldn't get into the realm of punishing people for political speech that you don't like. And Joe, you and I have talked about this before. If the First Amendment means anything, it means you get to criticize the government. In the political speech and speech that is critical of the government is at the top of First Amendment protection because we all knew that's the type of speech that the government would be most excited to try and censor. And it really is breathtaking to see, again, the head of the Department of Justice say, maybe we should use the Sedition Act with respect to these protesters. But it's not perhaps out of character when you think of how he treated um, some of these, sorry, three, two, one. It's not particularly out of character when you think of how he treated some of the protesters, particularly when you know Lafayette uh, Park was cleared, when President Trump uh, was walking through, that there was apparently tear gas on protesters. He's had an extraordinarily heavy hand um, or has allowed a very heavy hand when it comes to protesters. Yes. And I also mixed up in this is he made statements about pushing a lot of those um, prosecutions. I'm not sure I'm using the right word here, but for some of those protesters, he's, he wants to try more of them in federal court, making their uh, alleged crimes much more serious. Have I got that right? Well, certainly the Sedition Act is a federal law and the consequences are of violating it are very serious. So in terms of the severity, I mean, for me, the initial problem is just the fact that you're even bringing up the Sedition Act as a threshold as an issue where you might bring these cases to federal court. The vast majority of criminal law violations are state law violations. We can think of a few examples where, for instance, uh, you have a crime against a federal law enforcement officer, or if the crime involves like money that crosses state lines. But it does increase the severity of the punishment and for me, it comes back to this idea of very high-ranking member of the government talking about potentially punishing people for speech 
that's critical of the government. This is something that really should unite us across the aisle. Yeah, I've read my constitution. The founders put that very, very prominently in there about the ability because they didn't have that when the kings were kings. So let's hope that this part of our uh, our governance remains intact. And I don't know how that's going to change other than through the electoral process. It is remarkable because we talked a lot about um, President Trump's first attorney general, Jeff Sessions, and President Trump just vilified him in the media and said he was weak and cowardly and hated the fact that Jeff Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. And now you really have to think to yourself that President Trump got way more than he bargained for with respect to Bill Barr, the current attorney general, because he's been such a stalwart supporter of the president, essentially saying if the president does it, then it might not be a problem. I mean, think back to the Mueller report where Attorney General Barr just caught the narrative immediately before the Mueller report was released. And he put out that four-page summary, which frankly was kind of a fictional account of what the Mueller report actually said. Robert Mueller himself said, yeah, you really took things out of context. And then, you know, again, think to um, under Attorney General Barr, how the appointed prosecutors, the political appointees have been at odds with the career prosecutors. That's always something to look for, for listeners that should really raise red flags, where career civil servants who are dedicated under a president of any stripe to uphold the law, to enforce the law, are really at odds with the political appointees. And again, where did we see this? Think about Roger Stone, who's been a friend of the president. Think about Michael Flynn, who's been a friend of the president. And then think about Michael Cohen, who's not been a friend of the president, and how the Department of Justice has at some times intervened to help, and then at other times haven't. Again, think about just last week, the recent development where the Department of Justice intervenes in a civil suit where Ms. Carroll had former journalist accused President Trump of sexual assault in the 1990s. He said, no, I didn't sexually assault you. And if that's a false statement of fact, that could be a defamatory statement. So Ms. Carroll sues in state court because defamation is a state civil tort. The Department of Justice steps in and says, actually, we're going to be defending President Trump. Because we think when he said, I didn't sexually assault you, I didn't even know you, that that was an official act. And therefore, when a federal government official says something like that, which is an official act, it's part of their official duty, they're immune from prosecution and the case gets to be removed to federal court. If a president denying sexual assault is an official act, it's hard to think of what a personal act is. And... I know I went on a, a bit long about that, but there's such an unbelievable pattern of Attorney General Barr being a really effective advocate for the President of the United States, but I would offer not to the people of the United States. It is interesting to see Barr, as you said before, 
become such an advocate for the president, become such an advocate for this administration, having served in a previous administration. Sometimes, as the political winds change, you see appointments from previous Democratic administrations in a new or forming Democratic administration and vice versa, you know, the other way around for Republicans. It's interesting to see him serving a second term at this. And, you know, sometimes there's no love lost between those administrations, even though they come from the same party this time around. It seems like not only does he like the current president, but he's carrying an awful lot of water for him. Yeah, like three pools in an ocean worth of water. Joe, thank you for passing judgment with us. We don't want to bring the listeners down. We do want to inform the listeners. And this was a topic that I know is really important to both of us. And we just wanted to have a quick conversation about this. Um, Today, we'd like to thank my friend Felicia Ortiz, who specializes in mental health and coaching for lawyers, members of the LGBT community, and their loved ones for her support of the Passing Judgment podcast. You can find out more about Felicia, who again is both a therapist and a graduate of Berkeley Law School at feliciatherapy.com. That's F-E-L-I-C-I-A. Of course, you can find our amazing friend and producer, Joe Armstrong, across social media channels at In Depth Day. Joe, in addition to his time on Passing Judgment, is a musician and has his own podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica, the show on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod, and on Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. Listeners, stay alert, stay aware. Please take part in our democracy, not just by voting, but by doing more than that and holding our officials accountable. Joe, thank you for making this episode possible with me. Always a pleasure, Jessica. Get out there and vote, everybody. Be an educated voter.